Good afternoon. This is John Richardson speaking with you from Toronto, Canada. And today uh, I plan to discuss actually more of a special interest project with my return guest, David, a.k.a. Coach Coots, personal trainer extraordinaire and general life coach. So, David, how are you doing today? Doing well, John. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm amazed that you're able to find time in the middle of the day to, to talk about this. And uh, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. So, you know, yesterday we were, uh, you know, having a uh, having a session. And uh, what was amazing to me was, uh, you know, as you know, I've had this problem with my feet for years and years and years. What's that called again? Uh, plantar fasciitis. Plantar fasciitis, plantar fasciitis. God, it sounds horrible. It is horrible. <laughs> or right. a little thin layer of fascia, and whenever there's a problem, they add a little itis on the end of it, and uh, it's on the base of the plantar, the foot there. So, okay, so that what that the way I experience is that sort of a soreness in the feet, right, in the arches and all that. That's what we're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Yep. Well, yep. so. So what was fascinating about that, you know, we're talking about various ways to treat that and or improve yes. it. I don't think this stuff ever go away completely, right? Or wrong? Wrong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely wrong. It just needs a little bit of daily uh, TLC. Uh, I know it tends to be better when you and I train together, work on it. But some of the things I've sent you in the past, that's just stuff that you want to get through on a daily basis. Um, and then there's, of course, there's some preventative measures as well. Like a lot of the times people are not aware that their shoes may be the reason that they have plantar fasciitis. Oh, the, the shoes are definitely a problem. Of course, if I could do this on a daily basis, I probably wouldn't need a personal trainer. <laughs> uh, but in any case, what was very, very interesting to me, and one of the reasons I thought this would be a great discussion. Yeah would be that normally people would think, well, if you got a problem with your feet, why don't we start with what's happening with the feet? And that's not actually what, what your suggestions were about, right? Yeah, um, no, absolutely. That's actually a bit of a common thing within uh, in modern injury and modern um, medicine is to sort of treat the site of injury. Now, here's the issue with the shoulder. We're looking at the shoulder. We've taken a million pictures of shoulders, MRIs of shoulders. Meanwhile, that person's neck is in a horrible place and it's creating a shoulder dysfunction, which is very, very common. And when we're looking at feet, it's actually no different, but it just comes from a different area. And most of the time it's coming from the lower back. And this is something I learned from exercise therapy extraordinaire, Brendan Fox, who has treated this issue many, many times. And a lot of times has to treat the lower back in order to actually rid of feet pain or plant. Okay, so, yeah. So that was so interesting. So to treat the feet, Okay, you know, we or you start with the lower back. I mean, somehow I have these images of uh, <clears throat> things like acupuncture and stuff, you know, at this moment. Is, is that the general principle that works on too? I love acupuncture. I think it's uh, underutilized and it should be more regulated. Um, but yeah, acupuncture should be great. Let's say it was compression of the lumbar spine or the lower back. Um, I like thinking of, uh, of the neck or the lower back kind of like a fuse box, right? And if you've got a few fuses that are out of whack and need to be put back in line, you're losing function, right? Same way you lose power in your kitchen because you broke a fuse. And so the same thing can happen with the lower back. If you've got a couple fuses out, that can make its way all the way down to the feet. So now you've got these feet that aren't working very well, but you've got to make them move all day long. You're moving around on feet that aren't working properly. 
And that's where we can start to see excessive tension. So the idea there, acupuncture can really help with getting neural stimulation can start getting the muscles flowing better. And you can actually start to get rejuvenation in the feet by addressing the lower back. All right. So that is, that is really, really interesting. Now, yesterday we were doing the, we actually, didn't we start with the neck yesterday? Correct. Correct. You wanted to make the full spectrum of it. All right. Uh, so and that's an, again, another one of those. Then. So how do we get from the neck to the feet? Sure. Well, there's actually a large correlation of nerves that run base of the skull all the way through the neck that can affect all the way down to leg function and foot function. And having tested and, and used these strategies on people to see firsthand, oh, wow, I put this person's neck in alignment and their feet are stronger and there's less issues. Um, and it's the same idea. Uh, technically, the fuse box is all the way up here. Um, is even more intense than the one below. Up here is just, this is your, your mainframe, right? This is your computer, this is the hub, right? And all of a sudden you're already getting pinched wires all the way down to the bottom. You're gonna see some things affected. So again, with learning more about not just training the site, but looking at the whole, the body as a whole, sorry, um, the neck is somewhere you can't ignore. And even if I'm seeing someone with foot pain, wrist pain, knee pain, that was an interesting one that uh, blew my mind was a gentleman with knee pain fixed his neck, no more knee pain. And, you know, that kind of stuff just made me completely change how I look at the human body. And so I always address everything. So yeah, with you, I was like, well, the last time you did anything for your neck, you're like, uh, nothing, right? I'm like, well, let's do it. You're probably sitting <laughs> probably at no. a computer, right? We're sitting at a computer creating all this tension. And again, if this is a fuse box, then you're affecting things all the way uh, down the body. So the neck can be even more important because the neck could shut down things down to the lower body, which also affects the, the lower back. So yeah, just seeing the spine is really like part of the, you know, the same as in a car, you have a frame, right? And it's very important to have that frame in working order. Otherwise, you're going to pop a tire or maybe you're like you're a little tilted and you get into a car accident. It's the same idea. We need to have a strong functional frame. So, so you're kind of saying that, you know, as painful as these foot issues are, I think for, you know, probably billions of people since there's a word for this, right? What There's a lot of people with plantar fasciitis. fasciitis. Did I get that right? Uh, close, yeah. Plantar fasciitis, yeah. Plantar fasciitis. It sounds horrible. But, but what you're really saying... <laughs> it sounds like a deadly disease, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this plantar fasciitis <laughs> stuff is really a symptom then of uh, something going on in the neck. I mean, it can be, right? Uh, like I said, most of the time I've noticed um, learning th for it, first of all, and then applying it, it coming from the lower back. But, you know, everything's attached there, John. So it, let's say it is your lower back. It's compressing and we're seeing issues with the feet. But why would you have low back pain? Well, you're going to have a lot more strain on your lower back if you have the heaviest part of your body, which is your head, four inches in front of you as you walk. So now I walk like this with my head in front while I'm putting a lot of stress on my low back. So, yes, your low back needs help to help your feet. But if we don't get your head back over your shoulders, you're going to go right back to having low back problems. Right. So it's sort of, you know, fixing the problem way, way above the problem to get down to the feet. Right. Right. And for anybody who's listening to this, who are used to hearing me talk about aspects of uh, being a U.S. citizen abroad, all these problems. <laughs> well, this is all related. We're going to get there. Yeah, all well, no, to make it analogous. So the <laughs> symptoms would be things like fact of bank account closings or transition tax or guilty. These are symptoms of the yeah. larger problem of citizenship taxation, right? There you go. I love how you tied that in. Absolutely, right? There's something that happened beforehand, before these problems. And if we never address that, we won't necessarily see. We can see some changes. I know people go in there, all oh, my feet hurt. They get 
you know, people working on it with fascial work or they'll get needles in there. My feet feel fine. And then a day or two later, it's still there. We never got to the root cause. So something like the lower back would be sort of analogous to the original sin from which, you know, all of these other, you know, more immediate uh, probing painful things happen, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, that takes a, a little bit of deep diving as well as like, why is the lower back doing this? Um, you know, the most common reason for compression is a lot of sitting. Every time we sit, we add something like 30 or 40% more compression to the lumbar spine. So that's a good reason already. Um, and then, you know, we see things like anterior pelvic tilt, very popular. People have that pelvis tilted all the way back. They've got too much of a curve in the back. So literally their, help, their hip tilting forward is cranking the lower back, causing compression, which could then lead to plantar fasciitis. So it's, uh, it's just sort of finding the mechanism that creates the issue. Um, and then from there, starting to work backwards. And a lot of it is lifestyle. A lot of it is lifestyle. Uh, yeah. Well, you talk about this whole sitting thing. So did I hear you right that you're actually putting more pain on your spine by sitting? Is, is that what I just understood you to say? Yeah, yeah. When we sit down, we compress the spine much, much more. When you think about me standing here, just standing, my foot muscles have to work. My act, uh, my shins are working. My quads are working. Might not be working like I'm squatting, but everything here is activated and keeping me nice and tall. Whereas when I sit down, I shut all this stuff off. And I'm literally just sitting on my spine, right? Gravity just pushing me down, right? And so that's also why I'm very big advocate. If you're going to sit a lot, make sure you've got yourself a good chair, right? Something that helps maybe with a little bit of lumbar support. Maybe something that's got some uh, handles for your arms that's not going to jack up your shoulders, which can cause other problems. And maybe even a neck rest because people are doing this too often. Maybe if they had a nice, oh, wow, that's much nicer. And they can put their head back. And so promoting a better posture with sitting will decrease compression, as I mentioned you know, leaning forward, creating even more compression. So if you're here at the desk, as opposed to here, you are adding more and more compression than you should be. Oh my God, I should not be doing these podcasts with people sitting down, should I? <laughs> well, you know, it's just a common thing. Everybody out there, I, I, you know, when I started my fitness journey, I got really into athleticism and athletes and training athletes. But then when I jumped into private healthcare, I'm not dealing with football players. Right. I'm dealing with business people and CEOs and people, lawyers and people going in and out of the office. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I kind of changed the tune a little bit. Athletes overwork themselves in certain directions. A hurdler is going to have one hip that does more. A swimmer is going to be doing his shoulders a lot more. But for the most part, I was working with professional sitters, people who are absolutely amazing at sitting and do it all the time. Right. So I look at as sitting as their sport. This is what you do all the time. We have to work against it and it makes a big difference. Right. Sitting as a sport. Yes, professional. You know, people are like, hey, I won today. I got 14 and a half oh, hours David, in the chair. I, I thank you for that so much because I've just realized today for the first time, I mean, I've always been into sports and that, but now you've, sure. you've explained to me why I'm a world-class athlete. 100%, right? Now you know why you belong amongst the greats there, bud. Larry Bird, John Richardson. Well, absolutely. In my case, <laughs> I said a lot. In his case, he was a great basketball player. Either way, you guys did a lot of the same thing over and over and over again to achieve great results. And, uh, you know, sometimes those things we do over and over again can start to add up. Do you foresee sitting becoming an Olympic sport? <clears throat> Probably not. No, it's just not enough excitement. Uh, there's just people not raving and throwing money at it or betting on anything. Uh, so it doesn't. it's missing that aspect, right? Uh, there's also no competing at the moment. People aren't aware that there could be competing. I hope it doesn't, right? Ideally, the idea is to sit less, 
right? But uh, that's kind of my mindset because I came out of these courses knowing how to take athletes into certain sports and be like, okay, if you're a pitcher, that means you're overdoing this, which means you need more external rotation strength and sort of adjusting for their sport. And, you know, then dealing with people who sit all day long, it's the same idea. You just have different compensations from your sport, right? And same idea, address those compensations and you get uh, happier, healthier, healthier athletes. I think we should establish the David Coots Award for excellence in sitting. Yeah, we just get like a little picture of someone sitting in a chair, a little gold statue, right? That'd be pretty fun. Well, it's interesting that, I mean, I see the logic of it, but also, I mean, I can also see the difference, uh, you know, different different uh, ways of sitting, et cetera. So that, that's really yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's a different concept, but uh, it definitely worked for me, and it just allowed me to see that it is the same thing and just a different way of going about it. So you would say then that the, the neck, uh, the lower back, these would be the two two main areas from which everything else follows? Would that be fair? Well, you know, the neck and the lower back are all attached by one thing, and that's the spine. So spine health in general. I think I've mentioned this to you before. When you're like, hey, my back's a little sore. I'm like, sore. I'm like, let's do some spinal hygiene. It's not a word people are going to hear very often. Everyone thinks dental hygiene got a floss, right? Well, your spine, you can floss your nerves. And if you don't move much, they get stuck and jammed and we can get compression. So simple things like a cat camel, we're on the ground, we're rounding and we're extending, we're bending the spine, we're opening up the joints, we're getting the facets to move and glide over each other. Um, yeah, so flossing your spine can be more important or as important, let's be honest, you need to floss your teeth as well. But just as important to take care of flossing your spine as it would be flossing. Very, very interesting. All right. So let's add that a little bit to this. So that's sort of, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, how you uh, treat your body as it is. What about the nutritional aspect? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, that's actually a lot more to that than you think. For obvious reasons, you need a nutrient-dense diet. So if you've got a lot of B vitamins and you're getting a lot of those healthy amino acids, then you're in a, a body that's helping to rec recreate and build more nerve or build new tissue. And that's going to, definitely what you're going to need. You want to make sure you get enough protein, make sure you get nutrient dense foods. Uh, alkalinity is very big. So having an alkaline body, not an acidic body, lots of coffee, lots of sugar, lots of refined wheat and bread and all that kind of stuff is going to acidify the body, which makes it harder on the joints, harder on the nerves. So having a healthy, balanced diet obviously important but one of the ones that really got me and was very interesting is people bloat how many people are, oh man that food's bloating i'm always bloating bloat bloat and well you're going to get your stomach to bloat out right on your left side in particular right so if your stomach bloats out all those muscles around the area they're not going to want to tighten up and stay strong they're going to relax and loosen and they're going to give you some laxity because it's tense right it's uncomfortable bloating well what happens there we start to get instability in and around the same area of the stomach which is going to affect your hip and can easily affect your low back. We see issues where people's hips are flared forward. They have no strength here. Their hip flexors are taken over and they're actually getting back pain because of their stomach, right? And uh, it's more common than you'd think, right? What, what would you expect to happen when you put a bowling ball in your stomach and your spine is behind it? Wow, this is amazing. So you basically, when somebody's talking about their pain here or there, you're actually hearing something entirely different a lot of the time. Well, I mean, I'm just going through thoughts and ideas through, through experiences that I've had. So if you're telling me, okay, Dave, you know what? I'm feeling this in my feet, but I'm also feeling that on my back. And then I'll get you, John, just turn to the side a little bit and I'll see 
okay, well, I'm also seeing that that head should probably go back a little bit. And I start putting two and two together. I'm like, you know what? If the head's out like that, it's probably affecting his low back. Let's get the head back. Let's strengthen the glutes and the core to pull the spine back. And then let's see. Let's retest. I love retesting. I mean, there's really no reason for me to make you guys do things if we don't see a positive result. Uh, so with yourself, as you notice, we always get a good calf stretch in. Uh, we always loosen up the lower back doing things like child's pose. And then I never leave it alone without exercising. We have to get your glutes working. I'll make your lower abdominals lock in your spine. We got to do a little bit for your shoulders and your neck to make sure that they stay in the right place. And uh, that all comes together to synergize and have a stronger, healthier spine. All of which is saying that you're going, you know, you're looking to the cause of the stuff rather than the symptoms. Yeah. And like I said, I can give you awesome stretches for your feet and you'll feel immediate relief. Um, but if we don't get after, you know, you sit a fair bit, so we need to decompress a little more. Uh, and, you know, it might be just generalized tightness in the back. So we could do a little bit more of what we've been doing, child's pose on a regular, things like that, to start getting some space in the lumbar, space in the spine, and let those nerves start to relax so your feet can function properly. Right. And just one other uh, thing that I remember before we, we sign off for today, but, you know, over the years, I remember many conversations with you where I comment, well, you know, I, I drove eight hours yesterday or something. And you'll say, whoa, well, that explains it. Uh, yes. on that a little bit. Yeah, sure. Right. There's your, your sport, right? So if someone went out and ran for half an hour, you don't expect them to come back and be broken, right? They just went for a nice little run. But if you went for a marathon that day, five, six, seven hours, you better expect all oh, my legs are going to be sore and tight, my hips, my hamstrings, things like that are likely going to show up from that amount of intensity. Well, you do the same. You sit in a car, same position for eight straight hours. Your hip flexors are constantly in a short position, right? Your lower back has to compensate by rounding out of it. That's probably going to want to push your head forward. And we, we do all these compensations to feel better, not knowing that we're turning into Mr. Burns. Well, it sounds like a problem being exacerbated by long plane rides, too. Plane rides, car rides, right? And so a lot of the times I would get clients say, yeah, hey, I just came back from China. Well, that's a hell of a flight. Let's check your hip flexors. And, you know, the grimacing of the face. I'm like, oh, yeah, my hip flexors wow. are much, much tighter. So uh, I like to use exercises that maintain flexibility. I like to use split squats where you get full length in the, the hip flexors. I like to use semi-stiff-lighted deadlifts with a little bit of weight to get full length in the hamstrings. So movements that emphasize those longer ranges. And a lot of times when I have clients and they do that often, they really don't get as many aches and pains from long sitting because they're actually stronger in those normally tight ranges. And it maintains it. All right. Strength well, for length. Well, this, this has been great. You know, a real, a real eye opener. And, but it, I mean, it makes total sense, you know, to uh, not go for the symptom, but to go for the cause. And sometimes it's a bit of both, right? So, I mean, yes, your feet are, are a victim of your lower back. So we want to treat the feet because they've been tight for a long time. But it makes no sense to ignore what may have been causing that tightness, first of all. Absolutely. All and right, well, uh, I did send you that calfzilla protocol there. That's mm -hmm. what you want to run, right? That's got stuff for the lower back, even leg kicks to help decompress the spine. And then it has calf stretches. And then it has tibialis raises, something people don't do. Pulling your toes up to work the front of your shins. Very, very important. Very lost in the step. A lot of people sort of wobble or shift or shimmy when they walk, right? Well, it's amazing how much can be accomplished by focusing on some simple things. Yeah. 
Yeah, the right thing, ideally, right? Saying simplicity is virtue or whatever. I think that's probably true. Yeah, simplify. Always simplify, right? Absolutely. What are the top two things that are going to help, right? And then on top of that, you're dealing with human beings. So not only what are the top things are going to help, what are the top two things John will actually do on his own? Right. That's right. an important question. Right. right? Answer not a lot. That's why that's why I'm a personal trainer. Well, the exercises, you know, they can be great exercises, but the best exercise is the one you'll do. Right. So it does take a little bit of working with the person to make sure. Oh, yeah, sure. I don't mind kicking my legs 30 times to decompress my spine. That's easy. I can do that every time I stand up. Right? Or I can roll over the ball and breathe before bed to help me sleep. Sure. That's simple. Right. So, yeah, trying to just suit the client with what works best for them. All right. Well, that's great stuff. Great discussion today. And let's save some for the next uh, the next time. we Sure. Connect. Sure. And, yeah. uh, you know, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you and get more of your insight and wisdom, where would they find you? Well, I, uh, you know, I'm on all the platforms there. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm Coach Coots. Um, I'm on uh, Twitter, Coach Coots one, uh, you know, Facebook. Um, but you can even just go to the website, coachcoots.com. And just see some of the testimonials or what it is that I do. I try to write it out as, you know, what I do every day. And uh, so people want to check out who I am. They can definitely go there. Coach Coots is everywhere. Trying, buddy. Trying. Get to the more people. Help more people. That's the goal. Yeah, no, right? Great, great wisdom and insight. Well, thanks very much for the conversation today. And we will continue with this periodically. Absolutely. Thank you, John.